As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I'm here, so... <laughs> I'm Shea Goodsogs and I'm down to dunk. Howdy, Oklahoma. My name is Chet Holmgren and I'm down to dunk. Dead gum. I'm Josh Giddy, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. <laughs> I have. I don't, is that like you eat them together? Everybody tells me to get the bag of burgers. I need like a straw. Like. <laughs> Howdy, I, I'm a, I'm an artist on the court. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. My name is Kenrich Williams, and I'm down to dunk. It might be Aaron Wiggins. This is a troll. It's a troll. I'm trolling. Howdy, Papa. Because I, I think it would take away from who he is, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love Oklahoma. <laughs> I love Oklahoma to death. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. Perfect. Great. Very good. I like the hat. You bro. like the hat? Yeah. <laughs> Vava, this is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I've been doing a lot of dunking. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up, Andrew? What's up? How's it going? Man, I'm a little under the weather. I'm also... Oh! I'm also over this weather. The cold weather. It's it's cold there with no precipitation. Is that right? It's so cold. No snow? We got snow. We got snow on, oh, you did get snow? on oh. Sunday. Yeah. But well, that makes it worth it. Yeah, not, when, it, not when not when it's this cold. Not 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 enough for it to be even cool though. Like you can't go sledding or anything. It's just like Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mold. We got a half inch of uh, ice in Portland last night. It's the worst. And so you can't go anywhere. So slick out there. So, so slick. So slick. Something else that was slick was the uh, the Thunder slipping slipping on their bums there in L.A. against the Clippers. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, in comparison, much more miffed and peeved about the Lakers game. Yeah, totally. Um, for some for some reasons, they're just like out of their control. This is this is just the way things go against the Lakers. They're kind of like uh, the Kings in that. You know that when they play each other, you're either getting a really bad game from OKC or you're getting like an abnormally good game from the Lakers. Yeah. And it just never feels like we can just match them up 
how they actually are, mm-hmm. which is not a good team. What, what, for whatever reason, we always get like the best version of the Lakers when we play them, and it's very annoying. I mean, uh, they, they were they were starting to turn it around a little bit because I think they've won three of five now. Mm-hmm. But they had been a really bad team for several several weeks. Oh yeah, they've been and one of the worst teams in the league uh, for a while, and it's super annoying. And I in that game, what what bothered me was I did think they settled way too much yeah. for threes. Yeah, totally. Which check this out: they took forty nine threes in the game against the Lakers. Mm-hmm. How many times in Thunder history? Have they taken 49 or more threes in a game? God, it's got to be like less than five. Like, it just can't be that many. It's three. Yeah. And one of the other games was also against the Lakers, which I forgot this game. This was January 17th, 2019. Wow. A 138 to 128 overtime loss to the Lakers, which I guess that makes a little more sense because it's overtime. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But yeah, they took 49 threes. Oh, actually, yes, 49 threes. They obviously didn't didn't shoot well on them. They were 31%. But just that number of threes, and what was crazier is I went on to NBA.com. They claim that 34 of those 49 were wide open, and and they shot 29 percent on yeah. those. I mean that that's how it felt. It just felt like oh my gosh, they're just not knocking these threes down. And a lot of it did feel a little rushed at times. They would get down the court, make one pass, the threes open, take yeah. the three. You know that's it. Kind of felt like that, like rinse and repeat. Where even Mark talked about it after the game how. They could have had more cutting, more movement, you know, kind of reverse the ball a little bit. They didn't do any of that, you know. Yeah, the and and you can give credit to the Lakers because I, I know they went to zone and and that once again flummoxed uh, the Thunder uh-huh. about, for, for periods of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, that was just an annoying game. On the flip side, like the Clippers game was just really entertaining. Like I, yeah. that, I, I didn't really come out of that feeling that bad. That was like an incredible performance by Paul George. Yeah, PG was uh, so good. The, the level of shot making on that team. Now, I'm sure if I went back, I would find plays where like they do the thing where they're packing the paint and they didn't get out to the shooter mm-hmm. enough. But a lot of those shots were just like the superstar shots that PG, Kawhi, and James Harden have been known for. Yep. You know, like Harden hitting his step back threes, PG rising up in the mid range. Same with Kawhi. Kawhi. <laughs> Kawhi looking much more spry than yeah. I remember him Kawhi like last great. year. Yeah, that that play where he uh, and I actually thought this was a key point in the game, the beginning of the second half, where they come out and one of the plays is Chet gets matched up on Kawhi, and Kawhi's like in the corner and he just blows by Chet and dunks, yeah. Yeah. and it looks it was very impressive in the moment. Uh-huh. And Mark actually pulled the starting lineup after only three minutes. Mm-hmm. At, at that start, like by the nine minute mark, he had already made his subs, um, which I thought was interesting. It was not a good night for the starters. They were they were not good against the Lakers. They were a minus eight net rating. They were a minus like twenty three point five net rating. Yeah, against the Clippers. Yeah, it Shea, just it just didn't work. Shea was a team low minus nineteen, and Shea, Shea just didn't look like himself in either of these games, which is part of that. You know, like the the like crazy shot making wasn't there from Shea. He had some nice moments, but. You know, six of sixteen for nineteen points is like not a Shea, a typical Shea night. Uh, zero steals. I mean, there's there's a lot of like indicators that he just isn't a hundred percent. And and you know that that's the league. Like you got to play sometimes when you're not a hundred percent. And he did in both these games. And you can question whether he should or shouldn't have played. You know, we don't have all the information in front of us to say whether he should or shouldn't have. But you know, he wasn't. 100%. I mean, I think. It- you can tell he that. wasn't 
hundred percent. But in both cases, like he was good enough where they could have won either of those games. Yeah, totally. They, they really could have. Yeah. So, um, some you know, of it I think was if you get Chet I, last night, to be honest, like Chet just wasn't very good. Last I was just night. about to say that. Yeah, I was like, if you just get a normal game from Chet, especially uh, shooting wise, yeah, I think like they they that would have been a game there at the end. I looked it up over his last five games. He's shooting like twenty one percent from three, so he's he's in a little bit of a a slump, a little mini slump. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, he breaks out of that. Mm-hmm. And and you always have to remind yourself, like he's a rookie. This is his first time playing eighty two games. This is the most compacted part of the schedule. So, like if we start seeing a little bit of drop off from him or Kaysen, which I think we've seen a little drop off there as well, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of to be expected. Like yeah. y- you should anticipate that happening at some point. We can't expect him to play like a top twenty player, which he was playing like that level for a really long time. Um, to continue throughout the whole season of his rookie year. Mm-hmm. Um, so if he has a little drop off here, you know, you just hope that as we get close to the playoffs, we start seeing the return. Cause, cause even like defensively, it just didn't feel like Chet was as impactful mm-hmm. as he has been yeah. um, over these last couple games. With that said, like guy who was super impactful was J dub. He was incredible last night. Great in both games, 25, three and seven. He did have four turnovers, but it's like kind of whatever, you know. Who 10, cares? 10 of 14, two of three from three. He's like hyper efficient. Just in can he is like a a genuine three level score that I think is I mean, he's a star. Like he's a star. And he's gonna be like a like a mega star. And you just hope that OKC can just keep Shay, J Dub, and Chet, because like those guys are like three like stars in this league, and I just don't think there's any question about it after watching him, you know, through 40 games of this season. Yeah, and as much as Mark does like to tinker with lineups, I am hoping that he feels like he's found something with that three man lineup of Dub, Chet, and Mitzich. Like I love those three guys yeah. playing together was at the great beginning of the second again. and the fourth, and I, you know who who those other two guys are going to be in that lineup. I think you can make a case for a couple guys. Um, I think Wiggins got some minutes last night that I really liked. Yeah, um, but but we've seen Kaysen paired with them. We've seen a couple other guys paired with those three. Yeah, I just really like the. I mean. Th- that has really changed the season, even as they're going, you know, they lost two in a row. So it's not like, you know, they're flying high or anything. But the difference those lineups make, I mean, those lineups are the reason why last night isn't a blowout. Yeah. Like those lineups are the reason why last night you actually all, all of a sudden are in the middle of the fourth quarter. Like, how are we in this? Mm-hmm. How are we? How is this still a game? Mm-hmm. Because they, they should be killing us. Yeah. Like those lineups have been so successful and it gets you really excited about the playoffs because as we've talked about before, if you can be successful in those non-shay minutes, everything oh, yeah. else is going. You're you're, you're going to be in most games, like yeah. they have been, even while they've been losing. Yeah, if you get normal shay, and those lineups are that successful, and and also if they get one more piece to add that can play with that lineup that you just like feel really solid about, I think that you know they're going to have a chance to make some noise. Yeah, and I I do think these last two games, for for slightly different reasons, have shown the need for a certain type of player, like the Lakers game, understanding why he did it, but you know, Chet gets two early fouls yeah, and Mark goes to Jang and you kind of understand why, because they're playing Anthony Davis. They're playing LeBron James. Like you would like to have a little bit more size out there. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and, and Jang, to his credit, like he had a few nice defensive plays. There was one in particular where AD was right on him, like under the basket, and he just stood up straight and forced him into a bad shot. Yeah. So it, it wasn't like he, it was a complete negative, but also watching his minutes, you're like, we cannot do this in the playoffs. Like if, yeah. if well, he is, and you know, it's not going to happen in the playoffs, <laughs> but at the, at the same time, Andrew, like what are we going to do when, if Chet gets in early foul trouble, we're playing a bigger team. Yeah. Like Mark hasn't been willing to play Giddy in these minutes. Yeah, I, I I thought it was really interesting. I went back and looked at Giddy's top ten or maybe bottom ten minutes played games of this season. Of those bottom ten games where he's playing the fewest minutes, he's playing under twenty two minutes. Three of them were games against Denver, and two of them were games against the Clippers. Yeah, <laughs> two of the teams that you expect if they made it to the second round they would be playing one of those teams. Yeah. He has totally. not been willing to play giddy big minutes against those types of teams. Yeah. And so seeing him go to Jang, on the one hand, you understand it. They invested a lot in him. He hasn't even played a thousand NBA minutes yet. Right. I mean, you compare him to someone like Trey. Trey got to play 1,300 minutes his rookie season. Yeah. He got to play 1,100 minutes last year. Jang hasn't even reached 900 minutes yeah. in his I mean, career he, he yet. He only played and, 12 minutes against the Lakers. He only played like four minutes last night. You know, he's not like playing a ton. No, no, he's not at all. And if you're going to try to find him minutes, this is the part of the season where it would make sense, where you know you're in this compacted totally. schedule. Totally. You're going to need more guys. That part of it I totally get. But at the same time, thinking ahead to the playoffs, it would be nice to just have someone else with size coming off the bench yeah because so many of the guys that are coming off the bench that we think of as our our size guys they're actually like playing out of position on most teams you know like like kenrich it's not like he's some huge guy like he can play up but it would be nice to just have a genuinely big guy i don't know what that person exactly looks like i mean you guys mentioned al horford yeah, that would be someone who who can come in for ten minutes in the playoffs. Yeah, and you feel good about it. Um, and then against the Clippers, what I think is so interesting about them is that they are much bigger than the Thunder, mm -hmm. but it's not really because of their traditional big men. You know, like when you play the Lakers, it's like, oh my gosh, Anthony Davis and LeBron, these guys are huge. Yeah, with the Clippers, it's like. No, they're wings, and and even James Harden, they're just massive yeah. guys. Yeah, you know, true. like Paul George is six eight, Kawhi is six seven. They all weigh over two twenty. Like they are so big compared to the Thunder. And that was a game last night where I'm looking at Kaysen. It's like, man, Kaysen is so small out there. Yeah, Kaysen, is like small. against against this specific team. Yeah, and true. so that's why I think, and I think we're gonna go over it. Like your top ten list. The guys I would be moving down would be the guys like Bogdanovich, who even though I get it, mm -hmm. and I do think he would be like an incredible fit on this team, I just don't think he what he brings is as much of, of a priority as what some of the bigger guys would bring. Yeah. Um, especially especially now that Mitsich is playing well. Yeah. I mean, true. that, that kind of gets you excited because if they found something there, because he is bringing something that not a lot of people outside of Giddy can really bring to this team. Um, and, and, and Shay and J-Dub. It's true. Okay, uh, so you have your list. Let's go to the list. If you're on YouTube, you can see the list here live. Um, let's move them around a little bit. Let's see who, who you think should be higher or lower. We can, I'll zoom out a little bit so we can have more candidates here. I don't want to limit you to just the top 10. 
Um, okay. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thoughts. Okay. Thoughts on like the top three guys: Cam Johnson, Horford, Hayward. Those are still three that I think are Cam Johnson's like less realistic, but like, and, and maybe yeah. even Horford is isn't realistic either, just because the circumstances that will lead to them getting Horford would be the Celtics finding a trade where they have to route Horford some somewhere else and the Thunder become yeah. like the third team. So maybe Hayward is actually like the only one that's like truly realistic within that group. But just like thoughts on those three and like their potential fit. Um, yeah, I mean, Cam Johnson is, is an easy one um, because he offers you the size plus shooting. And I guess Al Horford does to some extent as well. Um, so yeah, both of the, those guys I really like. Hayward, the only reason I'm like willing to go there is just because I, I do think the price would be relatively cheap. Um, oh yeah, he he is a good player. He will will be good on whatever team he plays next. Um, I don't know if he's. It, it almost feels like uh, like a luxury move to have Gordon Hayward on this team right now. Yeah. Um, but but I don't think that's a bad reason to to trade for him. Like, I mean, we've talked about before about how it would be nice having a little insurance off the bench. And he would be much cheaper, I think, than Bogdanovich. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I'd be open to that. Um, I I mentioned about Bogdanovich. Kelly Olnick, yes, I'm still on that. Love him. Don't don't know if they really need or would want to trade him at this point because they're playing so well. They're so good. I just Um, don't see it happening. I think, like, you can take a lot of, like, the – any of like the good jazz players, like you can get Taylor Horton Tucker if you want him. I know the Thunder wouldn't want you him. You can. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the Jazz have won six in a row. That's uh, Thunder's next matchup. Um, and actually, I should go back. Like Horford. Yeah, I, I don't totally see the argument for why Boston is trading him because that that's been one of the arguments about Boston is that they're kind of thin beyond. Yeah. They're like top six or seven or whatever it is. Right. Uh, and so you're, you're relying a lot more on someone like Luke Cornett in the playoffs, which I don't know if they really want to do. So I, yeah, I don't know if it, that it, would be super easy. I know you guys mentioned like a three-team deal where yeah. they get Kelly Olnick, but then that goes back to like why, why are the Jazz doing it? Yeah, the Jazz are. Um, that was like a, something like two weeks ago that I think yeah, made sense. Yeah. But now it's like, yeah, why, why would Utah do that today? They probably won't. I mean, it's it's crazy how you start looking at the at the standings. And it's like how far could this team legitimately go? They're now only like two and a half games back of a locked in playoff spot. Yeah, it makes after sense. the terrible start to the season they had. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Bruce Brown, he's in the news a little bit because yeah. there was the report yesterday that uh, the Raptors and the Pacers might be talking, yep. might be advancing. Who knows? Yep. And it seems to be a deal centered around three first-round picks, Bruce Brown, and then because they're giving three first-round picks, the Pacers trying not to give up any of like Nemhard or Matherin. And then there was a question from some people on the Toronto side: is like, once you trade for Bruce Brown, are you actually looking to move him to another team to like further boost up, you know, the package that you got back? Yeah. So, so maybe he would still be an option. Um, we saw him play very well in the playoffs for a Denver team where he was kind of asked to play as a bigger player on the court. Right. I mean, I think if, if you look it up, he's only six, four or whatever. Yeah. He's, Um, he's, he's not tall. That's for sure. Yeah. But clearly he plays much bigger than that. So 
I, I would be open to a Bruce Brown deal. Um, that, that one is also nice just because his contract is so flexible. Um, where you could do a deal where you gave up a first and uh, Bertans' contract and, and give them Trey Mann or whatever. And you really wouldn't be having to give up a ton. And you also wouldn't be setting yourself up for problems down the road. Um, right. In comparison to like trading for Pascal Siakam, where it's like, okay, now we have to give this guy forty million a yeah. year for the next four <laughs> years, and yes, that that gets much scarier. Yeah. Um, Royce O'Neal, Dario Saric, DFS. How did? Oh, okay, uh-huh. the only one here that I'm like, why even bother? Would be Saric. I know that he <laughs> played well for the team last year. Yeah. But I, I just, I, I don't think he moves the needle in any way. Yeah. Um, and I, that's just like a nothing trade. Like, yeah, sure. If you want to just have another body who can come in, you, you trust them to play 10 minutes. Sure. And and I guess it would be super cheap. But yeah. at the same time, like for the Warriors, like how what are you realistically willing to give up for Dario Saric? And that's, is that really going to be worth it to them when yeah. they're going to try to be making trades that are actually improving their team? Like I, I would give up like a second. Yeah, that's all I would give up too. And maybe it's yeah. like if Dario was like in a trade going out. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. I think that is like possible, you know? Yeah, he's he's one of those guys where if, if he ended up on the Thunder for some reason, perfectly fine with it. He could play uh, like get it. He could play 10 minutes in the playoffs, you know? Sure. Like, but also would not really change my opinion on the outlook of the team. In yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's really just. A veteran that knows how to play in the Thunder system is all it is. Yeah. And then you have DFS, uh, Denny Abdia. I like both of those guys. Uh, I think both of them could make sense. I know the concerns about Abdia. And I, I do think with some of these players, you know, you just wonder, like, can you really get away with having, like, Denny, Giddy, and Dort um, yeah. in the playoffs? Hey, shout out Dort. Dort's been awesome. <laughs> He has been. He has absolutely been awesome, but I am still going to be super worried until teams are uh, starting to get... like close out on him. Some, I mean, they should. At some point, it has to happen. They have been, and he's they he, have been. He's lately. done it. He's done it long enough where you would kind of understand them doing that. Yeah, um, he's he's been awesome. I mean, he's. You hate to even just say the words out loud. Don't just don't do it, man. That's that's why I like want to keep putting him in this group with like Giddy because, dude, I don't want to acknowledge how good he's been from three because I know the second I do, it will vanish. Yeah, but yes, he's shooting forty three percent. You can't, yeah, you can't play him. You can't play, you know, Giddy Dort and another non shooter. Yeah, Uh, the one name that I felt like you guys uh, poo pooed a little too much, and maybe that's just because it would be so outlandish. Is Mikael Bridges? I mean, that is the type of a piece where. I would be able to, or I would be willing to be a little bit more aggressive yeah. with Bridges. Um, well, like, what would it cost, you know? I think it would cost something like Giddy, Kaysen, and two firsts as, like, a starting point. Would you do that? I would strongly consider it, yes. Because I just, huh. I, I get the argument that, like, uh, well, he, he was the fourth guy on Phoenix, but then he went to Brooklyn, and now he's used to being the first guy. Is he really going to be willing to kind of like slot back into that Phoenix role? I think he would. Um, I, don't, I don't. I don't worry about that. I just want. I just worry like. 
and not worry, but just like, and also like I really just don't want to trade Case and Wallace. I really just really 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 don't. I would throw in more picks. Oh yeah, I mean if they were willing to do more picks, I I would be happy to give them like whatever you're about to do, Giddy Bertans and like four pick. Oose. Sure. I'll let him have an oose. I was actually trying to. Th- I was actually trying to think of last night teams that would be able to give <laughs> oose like the runway that he likely needs right now. Yeah, yeah. it's not a ton of teams to be honest. Charlotte, like, I, Charlotte, maybe, but at the same time they have like PJ Washington. But yes, he he could he could probably get like a backup role consistent night to night. Detroit, Detroit, probably for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean more than probably. Well, the the problem with Jang though is that like he's been such a poor shooter. Yeah. So like you have to be willing to play him and know that he's they play probably going to shoot. Like they play Kevin Knox. Hey, Kevin Knox has had a pretty good season, Andrew. I just don't want to hear it. I mean, I don't want to hear it either. I don't want to talk about it either. But he is shooting thirty six percent from three. Yeah. So, uh, um, Jang is shooting like under thirty percent in the G League from three. He's shooting like thirty percent at the NBA level. Yeah. I just think it's really hard to play a guy like that right now. Mm-hmm. But there are teams who could absolutely do it. Um, yeah, so like something like this, Bertans, Giddy, Jang, and however many first three you need. Three, four. Sure, we'll start with that. We'll start with three. three. And like I, I w- basically I would... picks that are not the 26 Clippers pick. Uh, okay. Yeah, you could start with that. Um, I, I just... I. I think bringing Bridges, and in some ways he he doesn't fix some things. It's not like he's huge, you know, yeah. but he's 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 big enough. Um, but man, that starting lineup with the lineup basically just Bridges so potent. subbed in for Giddy, yeah, uh, would be really impressive. And I also think if if you read a lot of Nets fans' comments this season, their concerns with Bridges hasn't necessarily been the offensive end. It's been the drop off on the defensive end. Yeah. And I do think putting him back in a role, because you could play him also in those second lineups with J Dub and Chet or Shea to give him a, a little bit more, um, you know, usage. I, I just think it'll be easier for him to fall back into that defensive ace that he was for so many years. I don't think that something fundamentally has changed about Bridges, where he is not as good of a defender anymore. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you saw a similar thing with DeJounte Murray where like he first came into the league, you know, Zach Lowe was talking about him as like an all defense guy. I think he made all defensive second team or something in one of his first couple seasons and he tears his ACL, he comes back and then he starts getting increased usage. And now he still has that reputation as like a really good defensive player, but he's playing on one of the worst defensive teams in the league consistently. Yeah. And it just hasn't been as good as you remember. Yeah. And I think something similar could happen with Bridges with with the absence of the ACL injury, which he hasn't had, where he could come into a team like OKC and all of a sudden that like defensive star that we saw and that we were like drooling over for so many years in Phoenix reappears. So yeah. that while that is a like maybe out there, and and honestly, the, the Bridges trade that still makes the most sense is trading with the Rockets because if they could somehow get their picks back in a deal with the Rockets. Oh, yeah. I think I would that that would just free them up so much more than making a trade with the Thunder. Yeah, and I don't know true. why the Rockets wouldn't want to do that trade. 
Yeah. I mean, he, he seems like the perfect type of vet to bring into that team as well. Like if you could trade like Jalen Green mm-hmm. and their picks back to them, I mean, that's a pretty juicy package. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I could see that more than OKC. And I could see Houston doing that more than OKC. I just don't... I, I still like believe the Thunder want to take this team to the playoffs and see what it does. You know, maybe you would make a fringe move here or there. That's why he's so far down the list. It's like I just really yeah. doubt that they would actually, you know. Now you say that you this. say that you want to see this this uh, squad go to the playoffs, but then you got Bogdanovich as your number three guy. Now, if you brought him in, I mean, he's never played under like twenty seven minutes per game in his career. Yeah. He's going to be expecting to play like at least twenty five minutes per game. How how are you making that up? Yeah, I mean he he would come off the bench for sure. He'd be like the, sure. the six sure. man, the six man. You know, when I say this team, I mean really the starting lineup. Mm. So, I like him. I think he he just fits so well with what they want to do with the way they play offensively. Yeah. That I think he, I think he'd be great just like right away. Yeah. Oh no, he he would I mean he would be a very good fit. I don't know. I mean I I know that we've said that that like they want to see this starting lineup in the playoffs. At the same time, like Mark's substitution patterns, like the the way he's playing Giddy, mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine they're feeling as strong about that starting lineup as they were at the beginning of the season. So I I, I still don't think there's going to be that type of a move yeah. where there's a change to the starting lineup. But I also I don't know if that's the reason that like they just have to see this first because it feels like they've already kind of been going one way. Yeah, um, I think there are like with Josh, there are teams and series where like he would play a lot, and then there are teams and series where he just wouldn't. You know, in the playoffs, you know, he'd be there'd be very situational teams, and I think that's okay. Like I just think that that's the level of player that he is. You know, he's not. I think that we hoped that he was a, a kind of guy that could just play in any playoff series no matter what. And I think he'll play. I'm not saying he won't play. But I just think, you know, like Cantor, not not to say like he and Cantor are necessarily like equivalent kinds of players, but, you know, when Cantor was on that team in 2016, they couldn't play him at all against the Warriors, you know. But yeah, he played a against massive Spurs. role against the Spurs, you know. So I, I think I think kind of similarly of Josh in that there's going to be series where it's like, oh my gosh, they got these three guys that can just all handle, get to the hoop, pass. We just can't, like we can't handle it. And then there's going to be series where it's like, yeah, we're going to put Mason Plumley on him and he's going to, it's going to just gum everything up. And so we have to make a change, you know, that I think that's. And I also, think I think there are is. certain teams that are going to be more willing to like aggressively target Giddy yeah. and 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 Mitsich yeah. for, for the like like yeah yeah I'm, as much as I love Mitsich I am waiting for the playoffs when he gets in there and some team just runs actions at him every single time down the court yeah. just to see if he can handle it um, and Ty Lue is absolutely the type of coach who will go to whatever sh- extreme measure he needs to to like extract some advantage definitely and so yeah. That that is a team that I don't want to see in the playoffs for several reasons. Like one is Ty Lue because I do think he is going to find out whatever your weakness is and really hit you. I mean, we, we all remember the series against the Jazz when when they let 
went super small, yeah. basically took Gobert out of that, caused like a referendum on him as a player yeah. in the league. Totally. They will absolutely do that. And then th- their shot making, their <laughs> level of shot making. I mean, Dort was great. And him and Giddy combined last night. Now, this was mostly Dort, but they were five of 10 from three. Giddy was one of three, and I think Dort was four of seven. On an average night, you're like, wow, what an awesome bonus to have both of those guys like, or or collectively shooting 50% from three. Right. Against the Clippers, it's like, oh my God, they have to do this. Like, if Dort has a bad shooting night, how are you possibly keeping up? Because I saw some Thunder fans saying, like, what are you going to do when they're shooting like this? <laughs> what they did last night isn't actually that crazy compared to what they usually do. Yeah. If you look at their top four guys in three-point attempts, which is PG, Kawhi, Harden, and Norm Powell, they take 25 threes per game on average, and they shoot about 42%. Yeah, they're number one shooting team in the league. Last night? Those four guys together shot 43%. Yeah. Like it wasn't that crazy. And you can point to a single player. Like I think PG shot six of 12. So he shot 50%. Yeah. He's probably not going to do that every night. But Norm Powell is also not going to go two for seven. He's shooting 46% from three on the yeah. season. Yeah. So like what they did last night felt overwhelming. It felt like, oh my gosh, we're so unlucky. But at the same time, like that's what that team does. Yeah. And that is why they scare me so much because these games where OKC will shoot like 30% from three and still win, I don't think you can do that against the Clippers. Yeah. It is just too hard. You could get away with that against like the Lakers, probably Minnesota. You can have games like that where you just don't shoot well. I feel like against the Clippers, you have to shoot well in every single game just to stay in it. Yeah. Or just Shea has to be a monster, which he was not. Yeah. You know. Like Shea, also true. like Shea has to go get 40. And, you know, he just wasn't capable of doing that yesterday. Which is, I mean, again, it's just like... And also, and also a t- again, a tough team for him to do that against. Yeah. I mean, they can throw so many different bodies at him. That that block by Kawhi at the end of the game. Yeah. Again, nice another player where you're just like, oh my gosh, that looks like old Kawhi. Like, yeah. that was incredible. He came out... Of, it felt like he came out of nowhere. Like, his burst on that yeah. was so quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they, are, they are super talented. And I would, and by the way, I would rather them be this talented right now. Oh yeah. L- let's get all the let's get all the good vibes out of your system. They're, okay, let's have it. Let's have a great playoffs. Let's sign up all these guys for massive contracts for the yeah. next four years, and then let's see how it goes. I'm totally fine with all. Yeah, that. Lock, lock this group in, and then sure, give us that unprotected 26 pick, baby. <laughs> Come on, that's all. Yeah. Uh, anybody else on the list that is? Uh, intriguing to you like we we kind of reached like this really after 11 it's like okay all right none of this is actually going to happen you know um so i would bump up uh a kongwu and claxton (coughs) to after bridges okay and the reason is because i do think both of those guys are really good uh switching uh, defenders, uh-huh. um, and I think that you can get a, you can have some really fun lineups and get away with their relative lack of shooting. I know Okongwu, he, he's on my fantasy team. He'll occasionally hit some threes, but for the most part, you're not really expecting much uh, from either guy yeah. from three point land. Yeah, no one's guarding but either of those guys. I think that you could make it work. That th- those guys are good enough as passers. That, you, that Mark could make it work with either of them. And I think the benefits you would get on the defensive side, they could put out just some hellish defensive lineups against some of these teams yeah. that would be so hard to score against. And I think most of the time we are focusing so much on the offensive side 
because it's like, what is the perfect fit around Shea and Dub and Chet? Um, but defensively, it would be awesome to have a player like Nick Claxton or Okongwu that you could play into some of these lineups that would be just killer defensive lineups. Yeah. Where you can switch everything and you can just kill teams. Um, and I, and like Jay Will just isn't that player, you know, like he, he's just, he's just not. Mm-hmm. Um, same, same with Usman Jang. Mm-hmm. So I do think that is something that they don't really have that, yeah. that would be a nice luxury in the playoffs just to give another look and to potentially create some like really destructive lineups. Yeah. I just don't see either of those teams trading those guys. Uh, Okongwu, I agree. I don't know. Really, I, I've, I've seen people on Twitter talking about Okongwu. I mean, the obvious thing for the Hawks to do is to get to move on from Capella. Yeah. And then give Okongwu the starting role. That seems to have been the plan this whole time. He's on an amazing deal. Uh, if, if he can be a starting center for the Hawks going forward, that would be a really good deal. So, yeah, I agree. I don't know why they would trade him. Claxton, I would sort of understand just because he is coming to the end of his contract. They've been a little wishy-washy with them this season. Yeah. And so it it wouldn't be the most shocking thing, but I also don't think they're going to give him away. Like, I don't think you're getting Nick Claxton just for, I don't know. Maybe you would get him for like two picks, two first, if they if they were decent first. Would you but at the two, same time, like two first for that, that I know that that's that's the tough part. Like as much as I would like the idea of Nick Claxton, now you're going into the off season. Like you got to pay him. You got to pay him. Or 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 it was just a like four month experiment, and yeah, that was really fun. And the question is, how cheap can you get him? Yeah. I I do think there's a chance you could get him on like an Akangwu type deal. Which if you could do that, I probably feel pretty good and, and i'm assuming they have an idea of what he would make uh going forward yeah okongu's deal does it have it on there um, i can bring it up yeah um he got four years 62 million yeah so like just over like 15 and a half million 14 15 16 16 yeah. Like, that's a great deal. That's an incredible deal. And if you got Claxton on that deal, yeah, absolutely. Sign yeah. me up. I just don't know that you if can you're get, get him on that deal. If what? I just don't know if you can get him on that deal. I don't know, man. Like, who is, who do you feel like is, is, is just, I don't know, really wanting to get Nick, Nick Claxton? I don't know. I is just, because the teams that have cap space, like, it's, Hornets who have Mark Williams, it's yeah. Pistons who have Jalen Duran. Um, I feel like we did this we, when we had Canner. I was like, who's really going to pay Ennis Canner? You know what well, I mean? We should have thought. We should have thought about the Blazers. You know, it's our mean? fault. You know what I mean? It's like who's yeah. going to pay him? Like who's going to pay him that much? He's not going to make that much. He comes off the bench. He doesn't play. You know? I don't know. It I, is wild that he got more back then that we are talking about right now. I know. I know. That's why I'm just thinking like because some people think of him as a top like five defensive center in the league. And if that's true, if teams believe that is true, he will get more than that. Um, Possibly. I'm not, yeah, I'm I mean, not necessarily one that believes that, but there are people that believe that. So like the six, I'm, I'm just looking at the other teams that have a lot of money. Sixers are going to have money. Um, they have Embiid. Uh, Orlando Magic, you know, like, he could work on there, but the problem is that uh, he doesn't shoot, and that is like the number one thing they need right now. Yeah, uh, the Jazz have a lot of money. Walker Kessler, 
and then like the Pacers and Lakers, which that could change uh, by that point. Mm-hmm. So I, I I don't know. I mean, yeah, he 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 may end up getting. I mean, we I expect him to get a deal and probably with the Nets. Um, but you know they have a lot of intel. They have a lot of information. Yeah. If, if they made that trade, my first thought would be, oh, they must feel pretty confident they can get him on a solid deal this summer. Yeah, I mean, my guess. To me, if you're going to trade for a player that's going to demand a new contract that is worth quite a bit, I think you almost have to trade Josh as a part oh, of the well, deal. Yeah, I mean... Because like the salary slot that he's going to occupy, while it's not going to be as big as we thought it was, it's not going to be small, you know? And so, to me, like if you're going to trade for a piece that's going to be one of your top six or seven guys on the team, then I think you have to trade Josh as a part of it. I also just wonder about trading for a big like that. Thunder love playing Kenrich at the five. You know? Well, you know, that's another part of this. Like, Kenrich hasn't been as good <laughs> this season as he has been in years past. I, I do not feel like he has been as impactful night to night. Now you look at his stats and like he's still shooting 41% from three. He's in a little bit of a slump right now. Um, but it, it just doesn't feel the same with Kenrich as in past season. Would you agree with that? Or do you, or do you feel like I don't really Kenrich just, no, I, th- I still think he's been impactful to them. I don't yeah. think he's been, been as impactful like the last like five games, but like you yeah. look across yeah. the season, I think he has been. Um, I know that they like playing that that lineup, but I mean, you saw it against the Lakers. Like they didn't sub him in immediately; they subbed in Usman Jang, and probably because they felt like we have to get like you're going to put Kenrich on Anthony Davis. Like, good luck. Like, yeah, you can try it, and maybe he'll have an, a couple yeah, nice but plays. But Anthony Davis, I mean, it's Anthony Davis. But I know, but I'm saying if you have Nick Claxton, all of a sudden, like, oh, just sub in Nick Claxton. Like, there's no yeah. conversation to be had. You're not playing Usman Jang. You, you don't have to put Kenrich on Anthony Davis. Like, it just gives you way more flexibility. Sure. And I just don't, I'm not going to reject, uh, like, the ability to have flexibility. Like, why do you not want flexibility? Like, I know they like to do these things, but why not give yourself the option to do something else? Yeah. No, I mean, I think something that would, I mean, what about J Will? Like, what are your thoughts on J Will? Um, I think. He'll probably end up being similar to Giddy, where there are some matchups where you can play him mm-hmm. and get away with it, and there's some matchups where it's just not going to work. Um, I don't know. I mean, I like Jay Will, yeah. um, but I, I I don't like him so much that I'm like, okay, lock him in for 15 minutes a night in the playoffs, and I'll feel good about it. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not there yet. I, yeah. I think he could play spot minutes and and come in and have like a good shift. But I'm not ready to commit to him like every single night in the playoffs. Uh-huh. And that's the thing. Like when you start talking about their big options, like you really just are talking about Kenridge, like the, like the guy who you are confident in the playoffs, night to night. You're great. You feel good about seeing Kenridge on the floor. And so I'm just saying, if I'm going to make any kind of trade, I want to get. I want to trade for someone who could fill one of those backup big roles. Give me another option off the bench, yeah. So that I'm not going into the playoffs with just Kenrich, Usman Jang, and Jay Will. Yeah. So according to cleaning the glass, last season they were a plus 
four with Kenrich on the floor. Mm-hmm. They're plus 11 this season with him on the floor. How did that jump up so quick? Because only a few days ago it was... Uh, I don't know. He was like a plus seven. Plus um, 11. That's what I'm, what I'm seeing right here. Plus 11.9 even. Wait. I'm looking at cleaning the glass right now. It says plus 4.3 in 444 minutes. And I'm going to lineups and then with Kenrich on. Oh. Because you can also just do on-off stats. I don't know what the difference between those is. Um, I don't know. Because I'm I, looking at like last year he was a plus 4.9. This year he's a plus 4.3. Um, either way, like I love Kenrich. He's been great. He's been good. I don't think he should be your only backup center option <laughs> that you feel good about in the playoffs. Yeah. That's my only, only reason I bring it up. It's like if you trade for Nick Claxton, the idea is that he would play a lot, you know. Um, Not really, dude. They're they're talking about start. They were talking about starting Dayron Sharp over him in Brooklyn. It's not like he's some like okay. locked in veteran. Maybe that's who's true. Maybe that's true. Tonight. Maybe that's true. But like to me, the expectation if you did trade for another big is that he's not going to play um, a whole lot. Like he's not going to be like a night to night backup. Like he's going to play fifteen to twenty five minutes every night. You know, like that's just. I don't think that role is there because they do like to go to the Kenrich at the five. Right. And, and maybe that's true. And maybe that's why they don't go for someone like Claxton because yeah. he would come here, he'd play really well, but then when he got to the summer, it's like, I don't really want to do this long term. Yeah. That's why I think if you um, could get, I mean, if Phil Linick was available, he's like more of like the perfect kind of candidate where he's like expiring and he's got, he's a little yeah. bit older and he can kind of, and he's he's more well suited to play the Thunder offense, anyways. Um, I agree. That's why he's higher, and I would have him higher as well. Yeah. Uh, guys, I would have lower. Maxi Kleba, take him off the list. He's never healthy. Never, ever, ever, <laughs> never, ever. I do. Like why the is idea he on here? Him. Did you hear the? Oh, yeah, sure. Everyone does. Everyone likes the idea of Maxi Kleba. He had like a really good playoffs in year a he few did. years ago. Yeah. He played thirty-seven games last year. He's I played know. seven games this year. I know. No. He's get, 32 years old. That's how, that's why you could get him for cheap. And you don't have to He's play about to be 33. Him. You don't have to pay him. And you don't even have to play him because he can't play. <laughs> you don't even have to play him. It's great. <laughs> he won't take up any minutes. Uh, I do like Zach Collins. I'm with Michele there. Now, he he claims that it, maybe it's just a mirage because he used to uh, uh, scout him. I would say, no, Michele. It's real. It's real. And, and Wemby's holding him down, and we got to get him here. I mean, he's been good. He's been good. I would like. I would like. I would like to have him as like your third center option or whatever. You know. Yes. If you got that, would be awesome because he can pass a little bit. He can do a little bit of everything. He can rebound. And he's got a good deal. He's got a good deal. He's shown the ability to shoot. Last year he shot thirty-seven percent from three. This year he's down to thirty-one percent, but he's still taking three and a half per game. Yeah. Which for a center, like, great. Sure. Whatever. It. He's he's up to uh, like thirteen and six with three assists per game in twenty six minutes. Yeah, for a center, that's pretty awesome. He would fit really well here, I think. He makes seven point so seven I million. Higher up to only seven million. He's on a great deal. What would he? you What would you give up for for Zach? Uh, well, the Spurs are kind of so he so he did get an extension. Right. He makes seven this year, sixteen in twenty four and eighteen in twenty five. Okay. 
I guess I still thought he was on that three-year, $21 million deal. I mean, he is, but... He is, but I thought he, that got, was going he got an extension. Even 16, 18, it's like not a killer. Whoops. I don't know why you can't hit back on the trade machine. Whoops. Um, Whoops. What? Okay, what would you give up to get Zachary? Because I do think Zachary. that would be an interesting big that I think kind of fits that. I mean, you could... I mean, you can... Uh, it's only $7 million. Okay, so... Um, I mean, I mean, the cap, the cap filler uh, stuff is like whatever. Like you can give them Poku. I know, I know, him, I know. You can give them Trey. Here's the real question. Here's the real question, Andrew. What's the real question? Do you give them Mitzich because Mitzich would really help them yeah. right now? It'd be and a straight swap. Obviously, the would you straight. It would be a straight swap. Would you straight trade? Zach Collins. You could potentially really Vala. help them. Yeah. Basically, install Mitzich as the starting point guard for the San Antonio Spurs. It doesn't matter what his defense is like because the Spurs are going to be bad for a little while. He would definitely help Wemby's development. He cannot be Why traded he... this year since he signed the extension after September 18th or 28th. Damn it. No. No, Zach. He can't be traded this year. Oh. Well, you know what? Forget it. Throw that in the garbage. No, that, Zach. That was Collins. a fun little trade, though. That, that was, that was I a mean, fun Jay would have hated that. Yeah, Jay would have revolted. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash or Paolo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man of the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. 
Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Um, what other right. players well, that, like Zach Collins are out there? It's not like he's some, you know, un- he is a gettable un- he type is a of unicorn, player. Andrew. He's a unicorn. <laughs> he's a unicorn. <laughs> he's a unicorn. Uh, go back to your list. Who else is on your list? Moose. Um, moose. Moose. Coos. Uh, moods. Uh, w- Wendell Carter. Yeah. You a Wendell Carter guy? Uh. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how serious his injuries have been lately. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I do like him. Um, I would have to imagine he could, if he if he's not going to be on the Magic, he could find a team that wants to give him a much bigger role. Yeah, the Thunder can't offer, offer him. him. Yeah, they, the Thunder can't offer him the kind of role that he would want for sure. Yeah, the rest of these names, I just don't really, I don't really care. Because, because here's the deal. Like now we're getting into the realm of names where like you're just making a trade to make a trade. I don't I don't think any of these names that I'm staring at right now uh are really going to move the needle significantly. Is that a beef Stewart? No, I will say so I've been totally anti Clint Capella. I was listening to You Know Ball and they did make a pretty compelling case for Clint Capella compelling based case. around uh, it it was it was a compelling it was better than any case I had heard, um, and it was basically just like this is so low risk, and he's already a guy he's going to be an expiring next year yeah. like basically who cares he's not going to mess with your books going forward, you can play him ten minutes per game what's he going to do like he's still getting his money he's still going to expire next year he can be <laughs> a, a very specific he can play a very specific role for you yeah. And it, but it would be kind of nice to have that sort of a player. And then he expires next year. You could probably trade him as an expiring contract if you want, even though it sounds like a lot because he's making $20 million. Mm-hmm. You can get there really quick with yeah, the Berton, Berton's deal. Yeah. So like, even though I, I've been generally opposed to Clint Capella, I do think it would end up being much lower risk than I initially thought. You know, This isn't like a Nick Claxton thing where it's like, this guy's on the come up. He's one going to want a big deal, and he's also going to want a big role on his next team. Yeah, like Clint Capella is what is he? Is he 32? 31? 29. 29. What was that? 29. 29. I just kept making him older. He's twenty nine, but he's going to be he's going to be thirty by uh, playoff time. Come playoff time. Yeah, May seventeenth. I just think he's in a different, or he is just entering a different phase of his career. Yeah. Where I forget who was talking. It might have been a John Hollinger article. Or someone else just talking about how Capella's taken a little bit of a drop off this year. Like his his rim defense numbers aren't quite as good as they once were. Um, and so I guess I'd be more open to that than I was a week ago, just because it is so low risk. Um, and it's like if you're not going to do anything else with the Bertons contract, sure. Yeah. Like, Does Clint? You don't have to play him. Under play though. No, no. Yeah. This is purely like we're just trying to bring in someone who's a huge body, can get rebounds to play him when we absolutely need to. Yeah, my instinct um, is that they won't do that. Uh, that, that, that. That would be my instinct as well. Um, 
But I, you know, if if you put him out there with uh, this guy Vava, you know, run some pick and rolls with Vava, you know, Capella run into the rim, some lobs. Yeah, wouldn't be terrible, Andrew. Sure. Um, but yeah, I I might move bump him up a few spots, but I I agree with you that I would be pretty surprised if that was the deal they made. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't. Um, think so. yeah. So, I, I mean, like, there's a couple names after going through this list. It just makes me feel like. Maybe nothing will happen. <laughs> um, I, I would disagree. I, I would disagree. I, I think. I think as we get closer to the deadline, as teams kind of get into their tiers, that we'll find that there are more sellers than it feels like right now. Yeah, because it, so. it does feel like there just aren't any teams willing to sell outside of Atlanta, who's been talked about a Atlanta. lot. Um, but like the Warriors aren't really. They're just they're looking for upgrades. Like, yeah, they're not they're necessarily trying, to, trying yeah. to like sell off guys. Yeah, Portland would probably um, sell some somebody. Yeah, maybe. Um, Memphis, but they like don't really have a lot that they would want to sell off. Yeah, and what would you even want, Santi? What would you even want? The Wizards are probably the biggest team. I have to imagine they're going to be trading some of these. Wizards, guys. Nets are like the two teams that I circle. That yeah, yeah. And then if you look at the Wizards, it's like what. What from the Wizards do you think would actually like Denny? I think could work here. Yeah, I think Denny could work for sure. But that's, I like Denny. I also just think that's one of the guys that they just probably wouldn't want to trade. You know, he's young. He's on a controllable contract. He's a big six nine four that can, you know, shoot past dribble. Like, why would you? Why would that be the guy that you'd want to trade? You know, I just don't. I mean, I think they're at there. the point where they. They need assets going yeah. forward, and they don't have as many. Like, like they aren't. I don't know. It'd be interesting to go back and compare where the Wizards are starting to where the Pistons started, um, because similar to the Pistons, what they ended up with, at least so far, you know, like what was tradable, which was Porzingis and Beal, they just didn't get a ton back for that. Yeah. And so they don't have a ton of they don't have the future assets that OKC does. And so if you did have a player like Denny who was able to get you a couple nice future assets, maybe they'd be more willing to part with him. Yeah. But yeah, he's only 23. He's younger than I thought he was. Yeah, he's young. I I just don't see that happening. And yeah, on a good deal, really good deal. I mean, he's signed through 2728 and he's making 11.8 in 2728. What a deal. I know. It's a what a deal. deal. It's a good deal. That's just like, that's a be, really good deal. It'll be below, you know, it'll be like below the taxpayer mid-level by that time. So it's just yeah. like, whatever. Um, get Johnny Davis probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Johnny Davis I mean, for Poku. Somebody, somebody would have to tell me about the, the guard situation on the blue. If, uh, if, if, if we need a guard, <laughs> Because maybe that maybe maybe we should do a trade list like this for the blue. We'll do that next week. Everyone would be thrilled yeah. with that. Yeah, that'd be great. We'll make a new list for the blue. We'd have to bring Rylan on because he's the only person I know that is closely follows the yeah, blue. That's true. He'd be able to tell us uh, yeah. what's going on. Yeah, he'll be able to let us know. That seriously is yeah. the, the number one source for G League info. Um, something that is going to impact the Thunder in like a. In, in kind of a, a weird way, is that this Jazz Warriors game has been postponed. That was supposed to happen tonight because one of their assistant coaches was oh, like yeah. extremely sick in the hospital after mm-hmm. what seems like some kind of like odd food poisoning or something. Um, 
very, very strange situation. Very, very bad situation. Um, to where they'd have to postpone the game, which is extremely rare. You know, like the only times I can think of like postponing games is when like a team can't get into the city. Um, but like this is a very, very unusual situation with the league. And so it, it was the Jazz were going to be on the second night of a back to back against the Thunder, mm. but now it will not be. Um, so Ooh, they'll be geez. more rested going into that game. So it does impact the Thunder there. And then uh, Amazon is going to uh, parachute in and take over for... Just let them die, Amazon. I know. That's kind of what I thought. Because, like, if you read the article, it doesn't... It The impression I get is not that you will just log into Prime Video and there right. will be the Thunder game. It'll be like, oh, another subscription that you have to pay. Yeah, that's what it seems like. And, and, and who knows what that's going to cost. It'll, like, what if it's 20 bucks a month again? And it very like, well could okay. be. It's like, why are, so you, we're back where like, we why are we parachuting in to do this? Like, don't do this. Don't take this away from KSBI, okay? I don't, I don't think it necessarily impacts that because the Thunder's deal with them ends after this season. And so the Thunder are out of, like, they're done with their contract with them after this oh, season. Oh, for sure. But you wonder if they'll just re-up now with Amazon. I don't know. I don't. I would. I'd be a little surprised if that's. The I mean, if you're Amazon, you're not making this deal so that teams will turn you down. Like you're going to incentivize teams to sign up. If if you're trying to create like this platform, yeah, where fans can expect to watch their local teams, you need teams to show. Yeah. So we'll see. It, I mean, there's yeah. obvious like. The gears are in motion for a particular thing to happen with the Thunder, it seems like. Um, hopefully that stays the way that it is. Because, I mean, the thing is, like people ask, like, well, what happens if you're out of market, if you're this or that? I, I mean, I think they're going to offer in a way to watch digitally, too, you know, somehow. Yeah. So hopefully that will just be the route that it goes. Because I do think it will be better locally for everybody like we've talked about, like it's it's a no brainer to allow anybody to like casually watch a Thunder game. You know, not not everybody's going to want to watch like Thunder Wizards or Thunder Knicks or whatever. You know, but yeah, you know, to casually be able to flip on, you know, Thunder Bucks if it's not on national television, I think people would want to watch a game like that, or even the game like last night, which was technically nationally televised, but. You know, people want to watch those kind of games. And so just giving people locally that option, I think, is I think it's very important to, like, Thunder fandom this next go-around. Um, but we'll see. What do, you, what do you think about the potential Siakam deal? Uh, I mean, if Indy's willing to, to risk it and they have some info that he would be interested in staying in Indiana, sure. I don't... I don't think it particularly moves the needle all that much for Indiana, but it makes them better, certainly. But if I'm them, I would not do this. <laughs> yeah, he's one of those guys where I totally get the argument for like, man, you put Siakam on OKC, oh, they're going to be so much better, which is which is probably true. Like he probably yeah yeah. I mean, I think it's, ways. it's definitely true. You know, he gives you it, a lot it, of different it, options. It's just that. Like, I do not want to be the team 
specifically, I don't want to be a team with like an average age of 23 who is paying his next deal yeah. because his next deal isn't going to be a two-year deal. Yeah. It's going to be a long-term deal and it's going to be making a lot of money. I don't think Siakam's going to settle for anything less than that. And you're also potentially going to have the Sixers sitting there with all the cap space they would need yep. to sign him as well. So it's not like you're going to probably get him for cheap. Yeah. So you're going to have to pay up for him. And now you're paying for a guy who's going to be entering his 31-year-old season. So you're paying him from 31 to 34, maybe 35 years old. And I just think we've probably already seen his best season. Yeah. So you're playing, paying for a guy on the downside of his career. So he's pr- likely going to be worse than whatever he's doing right now in a season or two. Yeah. And uh, that's just not... Uh, like I understand why Indy would do it because they've been very intentional about their the way they build their team. Like it was such a big deal when they like tanked that one year, right? Um, and when they when they got Matherin, like they've been very deliberate about wanting to build out from the middle. And and to their credit, like you know, obviously you go back to those PG teams, like they were very successful. Like they they made a couple conference finals, very impressive. They now have another young all star, twenty three years old, and Halliburton. They have a system that seems to work. So, like, for them, trading for Siakam, I think, makes a lot more sense, even though they are also a young team, than a team like OKC. Um, Because OKC has been more focused on, you know, let's accumulate these draft picks. Like, let's kick these draft picks into the future. We know that we have to stay very lean in terms of our finances because we're going to have these big deals coming up. You know, let's replenish our roster through these draft picks or by targeting specific role players that we can add. Um, I, I think it makes a lot more sense for Indiana. I still don't know if I would be comfortable doing it. They, I, you, they have to have assurances that he will resign there. Yeah. Because if you're giving up three picks, you have to know. Yeah. You have to know. Yeah. Please tell me they know. Yeah. And shout out to Siakam, that report that came out that said he's telling every single team he's not going to resign with them. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, he may want to just like go you know, go out and get wined and dined by other teams in free agency. My know? Troy Weaver, who will still have a job. Troy's going to, I mean, yeah, Troy would give him a max. You know, he'd get a max yeah. from Philly. I think the Philly fit would be awesome for him. Well, and the Philly fit is super interesting because as these names start coming off the board, like OG's off the board now, Siakam's off the board now, Kawhi's off the board, PG's probably about to be off the board. Yeah. The entire idea of this of this Sixers like kind of mini rebuild after the Harden trade was that we're going to collect all this cap space and be big players next summer. Like who who's going to be available? Who's left? Yeah, that's a good So question. they kind of have to make trades, which which they can do. Um, but you kind of wonder who it is because it's those were all the always the names. Like I thought, OG would have been great there. I thought, oh yeah, Siakam uh, can mostly fit there. I do obviously worrying about his shooting, but yeah, I I'm interested to see what they end up doing with that cap space because they're going to have a lot. Yeah. They're going to pay Maxi. That'll be part of it. But who is going to be that other guy that comes in? Because you need someone who can like come in, be a third star right from the jump. Yeah. It's true. I think Siakam could do that. I mean, he's shown in the past that he could do that. Now, it's been several years, but I still think he's a really good player. You know, that's I think it's a good option for your third guy on a team like that. Yeah, that, for your third guy, I would feel much better. Um, 
that's that's the other thing about OKC. It's like, what are you bringing him in as? Yeah, it's it's that's that's what the the tough thing is for like guys like him and marketing where it's like, hey, come on in. You're the fourth guy on this team, even though you're maybe as good, like maybe you're good enough to be the second guy right now, but you're certainly the third guy for the future. Yeah, I mean, after you, you see know. what Dub has done over this recent stretch yeah, there's no way. in those lineups where he's getting to do whatever he wants, like <coughs> whatever move you make, you do not want to interfere with that growth. Yeah. Because that is that is probably the biggest – if last year was like Shea's jump from being just like solid all-star to being an MVP candidate, this year it feels like the biggest story outside of Chet, which Chet probably is the biggest story, but the second biggest story would be the growth and development of dub. Yeah. Because the player that we're seeing now is so much more versatile than even the player we saw in the second half of last season when he was also very, very good. Yeah. Like this player that we're seeing now, yeah, like can run, could theoretically run his own team if, if he continues to develop this way. Yeah. Without a doubt, he could. Yeah. I mean, he would be easily the best player on a team like the Wizards, or I think he's better than <laughs> Cunningham right now. You know, he absolutely. Oh, absolutely, he is. So, I mean, it's it's pretty astounding to have these guys, and that's why, like, you want to be careful, and that's why, like, you want to add things on the margins that help accentuate what the what this team does, rather than blowing, you know, a part of it up and like figuring it out. And, and they're gonna have to do something at some point, I think. You know, that is on a bigger scale, but it's still so early in the process for them. You know, you have these three. And you want to make sure that like they're optimized, you know, through this first part of their career, so that they can grow together. And then once you hit like the overlapping primes of those three, I mean, holy smokes! Like I think they'll be the best team in the NBA. Like I really like genuinely believe that trio will be the best trio in the NBA whenever they reach like their overlapping primes. And some people think like they are right now, anyways, you know. But I do think as you get like, I mean, this is year one with them as a trio. You know, imagine what it looks like in year three and year four with them as a trio. Like, it's going to be insane what they're going to be able to do. That's why you just have to be, like, really careful about the way that you, op- you optimize these guys. Um, yeah, you, def- you definitely have to be careful. But like you said, there's going to come a point where you have to make a decision. And so if they feel like they could make that decision now and it benefits them. I don't think they'll hesitate from, from doing that. Yeah. I mean, like if whatever, yeah. whatever that deal is kind of manifests itself randomly right now, even if they think, Oh, we'd still like to see a little bit more. I don't think they would pass on it. Um, yeah. Because they Sam feel so aggressive. confident in those three. Yeah. He was, he was aggressive the first time around, you know, we mentioned like the date of the Tyson Chandler deal. Like he made that deal, you know, before they were ready to do anything and that is exactly the type of deal i'm talking about where it's like so good yeah you can't pass it up yeah where it's like we're, we're giving up chris wilcox and who who was the other guy gosh who was I, it i don't even remember devon harden i think was a part of that deal <laughs> i mean it was just like nothing it was i mean you look back it was like actually nothing that they gave up in that trade to get him and you know that would have changed the course of nba history in a lot of ways we've talked about that a lot but yeah. And hey, Andrew, you know, uh, to your credit, you know, one of the reasons it was Joe Smith, one of the reasons why he might have been so cheap is because of the, the suspected injuries. Yeah. So maybe you're on the right path with Maxi Kleba. Hey. Maybe that's the Tyson. He's going to win Defensive Player of the Year in two years. I don't doubt it. 
I don't doubt it at you all. Don't, you, you don't even doubt it. Wow. I don't even doubt it. I'm just counting. Zero doubts. Did you, did you hear the report that his like toe just like kept popping out? Who? Kleba. That's why he couldn't come back. What, what does that mean? Like I, popping out of the socket? I guess. Like his like pinky toe just kept po- like popping out of socket. And like, Ugh, yeah, that's rough. Yeah, it's brutal. It's brutal. Um, all right. Anything else before we go? Uh, no. After they get the, done with these next two games, which are going to be tough, um, Utah and Minnesota, they, it does finally open up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think three of their next four games after that are Portland, uh, San Antonio <laughs> on ESPN, and Detroit. Yeah. So that'll be a night, and then they play New Orleans mixed in there. Yeah, and a lot of those are on the road, so you know it's still it's not like the easiest schedule, but they sh- they should beat all of those teams, yeah, other it, than New Orleans, which will be a tough game. Yeah, it lightens up quite a bit, you know, after this stretch, and they could go zero and four, you know, and it's not going to change the way that I think about this team or the outlook of the team, you know, it's just that happens to almost every NBA team. I mean, the the team we watched last night, they lost six in a row. You know, like it's just, yeah, it happens, you know, and so I mean, it even if they lost to Utah and then lost to Minnesota, it would be like, all right, you know, this tough part of the schedule, they, they have to find a way to bounce back, but you know, they, yeah, I mean, Minnesota is like a few games removed from having lost four of six, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's part of it, it's part of the part of being in the league. Uh, thanks so much for listening to the show. If you are not listening on YouTube, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search down to dunk, hit subscribe. You can hit the bell and you will get notifications for when we go live. would appreciate that. If you're watching right now, which we have quite a few people watching live, go ahead and hit that like button for me, please. And make sure that you are also subscribed. Hope you guys have an awesome rest of your day. We'll talk to you guys again on Friday.